return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. So we're glad you're here tonight. Uh, Glad to have some of your children here as well. Deb, when you come, you can introduce them, all right? So let's welcome Deb Kalsbeck as... She comes to share the word tonight. Amen. Hello, hello. Yeah, meet my two oldest daughters, Stephanie Walker and Heidi Olson from Tucson. So it's kind of a treat to have them here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, amen. You know, I just want to start with the scripture from 1 John 3. One, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath. Amen. I mean, can we just stop a minute and just luxuriate in that love? Yeah. Just meditate on it and take it in. Amen. And Father, I'm just asking that you would just kiss your bride tonight. Just cause everyone here to know how Amen. deeply they are loved and lavished. Yes, lavishly loved by you. Amen. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' yes. name. So tonight I'd like to speak on um, the sheltering God. Um, You know, I'll admit my first part of my message here tonight is stolen. (laughs) Maybe you've seen it online. Dr. David Jeremiah uh, has a new book that he's releasing next week called Sheltered in God, I think. Something like that. Anyway, he... um, He put a four-minute, did anyone see it, the four-minute presentation? Uh, So he put this whole message in four minutes, so I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to go from there. And so he starts like this, I'm not a prophet, and I'm not the son of a prophet. I do have a prophet's name. I cannot tell you what God is going to do with this time of sheltering, but I can tell you what God has done during and after times of sheltering in the past. And once you review the truth of history, as I describe it below, I think you'll know what he's going to do this time as well. God sheltered Noah and his family for one year in the ark until Noah emerged to become the father of all the nations of the world. God sheltered Jacob in the home of his uncle Laban when he needed to escape the wrath of Esau, his brother, and 20 years later, he emerged with a new family, new wealth, and a new identity. He became Israel, the new name for God's chosen people. God sheltered Joseph from his 17th year until his 30th year, but his slavery and prison became the school where God prepared him for greatness. God sheltered Moses in a remote desert for 40 years, but Moses came forth to liberate the Jewish people from Egypt. God sheltered Naomi in the barren land of Moab until she nearly became bitter. But she and her daughter-in-law, Ruth, traveled to Bethlehem to participate in one of love's, excuse me, the greatest love story of history. God sheltered David for 15 years after he'd been anointed king of Israel. And when David finally assumed the throne, 
The Holy Spirit describes him as a man after God's own heart. Would that we could all come out of this sheltering time with that kind of a definition, that kind of a description by the Holy Ghost. And then, of course, David gave us many beautiful psalms. God sheltered Elijah by the brook Cherith, and after the sheltering, he stood alone against 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. God sheltered Jonah for three days and three nights in the belly of a whale, and when that sheltering was over, Jonah went to Nineveh and preached history's greatest revival. God sheltered Daniel for 70 years in Babylon, where he wrote the Old Testament book by his name, outlining the future of God's dealings with his people. God sheltered Esther in the palace of a Persian king, and she saved her people from destruction. God sheltered the disciples in the upper room for 10 days until the Holy Spirit descended in rather dramatic fashion to form and fashion the church. God sheltered Paul in the Arabian desert for three years. And when he came back, he turned the world upside down. God sheltered Paul in a Roman prison. By the time the apostle was free, he had written the prison epistles, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. God sheltered the apostle John on the Isle of Patmos. And the book of Revelation, the greatest prophetic document of all time, was given to us. Lastly, and most incredibly, God sheltered Jesus in a tomb for three days. And on the third day, Jesus came forth in power to bring salvation to the whole world. So no, I don't know all the details about what God is going to do. But what I do know is what he has done. And that is what we can count on. The God who sheltered his people in biblical days won't stop now. Hallelujah. So come what may, I'm trusting in the sheltering God to be my refuge. And so can you. And he finishes then with Isaiah 25, 4. Did I give you that verse? This is from the NIV. He says, you have been a refuge for the poor. I mean, this is God's reputation. And it still is. You have always been a refuge for the poor. A refuge for the needy in his distress. A shelter from the storm. And a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm driving against a wall. So it's interesting, isn't it, that this order that's come down from above is called the shelter-in-place order. Interesting, isn't it? This business of us all having to stay indoors during what's being called a public health emergency. I've always felt safe. I hope you have. I mean, we've all come a little ways, haven't we? This stronghold of fear is coming down in every one of our hearts and our lives. Because we're coming to realize that where love is, there's no room for fear. Let's look at that verse. 1 John 4, 18. This is the New King James. It says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. And then it talks about the perfect love of God. That's what casts out fear. Message Bible puts it like this. There is no room in love for fear. I mean, love is all-encompassing. It's completing. It's, it's relentless. It just keeps on and it dominates. And where love is, there just is no room for fear. Plus, we sang about it tonight, the power of praise 
Every time we lift our voice, every time we lift our hands, every single time the darkness flees and the light comes in. No matter how lonely or how insecure or what kind of fears or worries creep in, all we have to do is start praising our wonderful Jesus. And the fear goes and the light comes in. And again, here's a wonderful psalm, Psalm 22.3, again from the Passion Bible. And just remember again, this is one of the psalms written by David during his, it might have even been during his 15 years of running for his life. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of people. I mean, excuse me, praises of Israel. In other words, God's people. That includes you and me. God chooses to hang out, to live, to dwell, to remain. He just swoops in anytime somebody's praising his name. There comes the presence of God. Hallelujah. And it, can we get, there's a little, oh, I know. Um, let's see, is this the passion? Okay, so I don't know if we can access it that quick, but let me read it to you what it says in, oh, here it is, yes. Yet I know that you are most holy. It's indisputable. You are God enthroned, surrounded with songs, living among the shouts of praise of your princely people. So first of all, the thing I want you to see is that he is surrounded with songs. I don't know if you sing good or sing bad, but God loves it when you sing good. He loves it. And he surrounds himself with songs. He lives among the shouts of praise of his princely people. Now, maybe you caught that mention in Dr. Jeremiah's uh, little speech there about Jacob being sheltered by God. Now, we all know that story at the end where he wrestled with that angel who was actually God himself. And when he finally yielded himself to that force that was mightier than he was, Jacob came out with that new identity which was Israel. He says, I'm calling you Israel, which is the name of God's chosen people. But it's more than that. It also means prince with God. That's really, friends, the same identity that God put on Jacob is what he wants to put on us. We are princes, princesses. We are kings and priests in Christ. That's what that's hinting at there. You're princely people. Um, Let me show it to you in the New Testament. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. This identity that God wants us to take on is this matter of ruling and reigning in life. And again, this is from the Passion Bible. Death once held us in its grip. And by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. Jacob struggled all night with his angel, who was actually God himself. I mean, truth is, he struggled for 20 years. He probably struggled for the whole 40 years, right? Trying to discern. Sometimes it takes us a while to figure out who we really are. Yes? And it took Jacob a while. But God worked patiently, and he waited, and he sheltered him the whole time until Jacob yielded to God's identity, God's plan, God's destiny for him. 
And even then, Jacob was forever, forever sheltered by God, forever undergirded by the everlasting arms of the Almighty. Now, if this was the only story we considered, I didn't add them up how many Dr. Jeremiah gave us, but if we meditated on only this story, our hearts would be flooded with hope, wouldn't it? I mean, 20 years, and we all know all of Jacob's mistakes, all of his problems, all of his imperfections. And yet, God, in the midst of all of that, was perfecting that which concerned Jacob. Now, friends, that's actually a promise in the Word of God for us. Psalm 138, verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Will you say that with me? The Lord will perfect... That which concerns me. Yeah. Every one of us. Don't give up. God's working at it. He's working at you. He's working at me. This is just one of the 3,573 promises in the Word of God that you can take to the bank and cash. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what I feel so strong tonight is that God really does want to use you. And I believe that during this sheltering time that God is at work, I believe he's already been talking to you. I believe he's been nudging your heart. I believe he's maybe come to some of you in dreams and visions. He's been picking out certain scriptures that are probably just almost glowing in the dark, just shining at you, boom, boom, boom. But we tend to like think to ourselves, well, me, not me, I'm Miss Ordinary. I can only do this, this, and this. But I really think that God is trying to get every one of us to come through this sheltering time with a brand new identity. Prince with God. Or princess, (laughs) however you want to call it. This man who God showed such incredible patience with had finally taken on God's identity as a man who will rule and reign in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we all know that we're God's sons and daughters. Yes? Nobody has any doubt in this place. We all know we have the same Holy Spirit in us that raised Christ from the dead. That's a pretty powerful spirit, by the way. (laughs) But we have to stop seeing ourselves as ordinary and common. Because God sees us differently, friends. He sees us supernaturally endowed with the spirit of the living God. And it could be, it just could be that God wants to use you in your community and in your family and on your block and in your neighborhood. I believe right now somebody, under the sound of my voice, is supposed to be writing a song. Maybe several songs. Somebody's supposed to be writing a book. Somebody's supposed to be starting a business. Some of you, God is grooming for a big assignment. Some of you will come out like just like Elijah, so strong that you could stand up against 450 prophets of Baal. Hallelujah. Some of you are going to come out prepared like Joseph, perfected like David, and strengthened like Esther. Now, God has a plan, and that plan includes you. 
And God's an amazing God and he waits and he works and he waits and he works and he nudges our hearts and then he waits some more. And all through the waiting, he's sheltering us and keeping us. Now, there's a wonderful word that the Lord gave me because, you know what, I tend to do the same thing, drag my feet. Like, it can't be me. God can't be talking to me. So here's the word. It's in Judges chapter 6. This is a story, of course, of Gideon. God came to him, tried to change, renew his thinking about, like, that he wasn't a scaredy cat. He had an assignment from heaven. He was able to do what God had called him to do. So this is the, well, we're just going to look at the whole story. But here's the key phrase here. Verse 16, the Lord said to Gideon, surely I will be with you and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. Now just stop right there. What if we were that little fly on the wall and we were listening? What if we heard an angel from heaven say this to Gideon? Wouldn't you be kind of thinking, go Gideon. Yes, you're going to do this. The victory is yours. you got all the help, all the strength you can possibly have right there in those few words, right? Nothing could stop him. Except. (laughs) But just think now, I don't know what it is God's nudging you to do. I don't know what that dream is. I don't know what it is that the Holy Spirit's leading you into or preparing you for. But let's use, let's, let's use our same advice for ourselves as we would to Gideon. Because we'd yell, come on, Gideon, what's with you? Let's get this done. God's with you. All the help, all the power that you need, it's yours. Well, the same thing is true for you and I, friend. Hallelujah. So Gideon's trying to wrap his mind around this. Really? Me? Really? Me? And then he says, if I have found grace in your sight, show me a sign that you're really talking with me. Like maybe he's thinking this is a figment of my imagination. And we have another little part of this verse, right? Nope. Um, The next part, he said to him, let me see if I can find it. Verse 18, can we go to 18? There it is, depart not hence. Now this is Gideon talking to the angel of the Lord, who by the way just happens to be God. Uh, George taught us that a couple weeks ago, that you can tell the difference, because later when Gideon does try to bring this offering to him, Because he receives it, tells us it wasn't an angel, it was really God. All right, so he says, I pray you, until I come, I want you to just stay here. And I'm going to bring you this present. I'm going to set it before you. And this is the answer of the Lord God to Gideon. I will tarry until you come again. Now that's God talking. I'm going to wait for you. I'm waiting for you. How long did he wait for Jacob? How long did he wait for Moses? (laughs) God's timetable is a little different from ours, right? 
But this is our gracious God. I mean, he's maybe not going to wait forever and ever because if he's got a special assignment he needs done, he's going to call in somebody else. But he works with us until we're ready. And he perfects that which concerns us. I mean, God started to talk to me about this book that I'm writing over 10, 12 years ago. I wrote this little one called um, 18 Things That Zap Your Strength. And then I was finished with it. And the Lord said, okay, the name of your next book is... And he gave me the title, A Year Without Fear. And you know what? I had I have a really nice little green folder, and I had maybe 15 pages of notes in it, but I didn't start the book. I didn't do a thing until March 12, 2020, because I had no more excuses. I had plenty of time all of a sudden. <laughs> and so that's the way God works. He nudges us. He, he's patient with us. He keeps perfecting that which concerns us. And uh, I know he's doing that with you. And I know that's what this message is all about tonight, to encourage you. So let's go to Psalm 91.1. I'm sure you've been meditating on this in your sheltering time, right? (laughs) Verse 1, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The NIV says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I mean, we have so many choices, don't we? Where do we want to live? How do we want to live? Where do we want to have our mind and our spirit? There's really no choice, is there? I mean, a place where there's rest, a place where there's protection, a place where there's this Thick love and presence of God. That's where we want to live. And then the Passion Bible says, sorry, I'm going kind of fast. Here it is. Passion Bible, verse 1. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai. Now, that's Hebrew for Almighty. The Almighty God. He has several different names. Maybe you've heard it, um, the God that's more than enough. The, the nurturer of babies is one of the commentators says. The destroyer of every enemy. Um, the blessing God. The all-sufficient. The almighty God. That's the one. That's the one. Now, the Bible is saying here that if you can see yourself in Christ, seated with him in heavenly places, then you are hidden in the strength of God most high. You know, there's been thousands of sermons preached on this. I can't begin to to touch it all, but I just want you to know a little bit about the history here. This God Most High is Hebrew for El Elyon. And if you're knowing that, you know, all through the Old Testament, God progressively revealed himself, little by little. And the day that he revealed himself as El Elyon, the God Most High, was right after that battle of Abraham against... Well, let's see if I can quick get that story. Sodom and Gomorrah, there was a king, two kings, three more kings joined him. So there were five kings against four kings somewhere else. They all get in this battle. And in the meantime, they capture Sodom and Gomorrah. And who just happens to live in Sodom and Gomorrah? Lot and his wife and his two daughters. And so Abraham, with his 318 trained men, 318 come against these nine armies, and who wins? Yeah, Abraham wins. I mean, this is against all odds kind of battle that God 
fought on their behalf. That's what that's all about. You are hidden in the strength of that God. That God who fights for you. That God who wins. Who fights and wins. Hallelujah. Now again, Moses is the one who wrote this psalm. And he's declaring, if you can just see yourself sheltered by the Almighty God, if you can see yourself seated in heavenly places with Christ, then you can know and experience the strength of El Shaddai. And here's verse 2. He's the hope that holds you and the stronghold to shelter me and the only God for me and my great confidence. Is this... Okay, I wonder what I... I have a verse here. I have no idea where it came from, but I'm going to read it to you. 91.2. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. And he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. I bet that's verse 3. I think that's verse 3, if you can bring it up yet. And then verse 4 says his massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. Glory, glory, glory. God is still sheltering his people. Now, Jonah was in outright rebellion. Am I right? And still God sheltered him. Three days and three nights, Moses had completely given up on his ever being used by God. He went as far away as he could. He laid his gifts, his training, everything down and said, nope, it's the end. But God didn't see it that way, did he? He thought he was hiding, but God was sheltering him, perfecting him, preparing him, and setting up his glorious plan. Now, some of these people that I read to you about, that Dr. Jeremiah talked about, were people of great integrity. And yet, there were periods of time, this waiting. Joseph, how many years? 13 years, slavery and prison. Don't you think there were moments when he thought, I wonder. This seems to be wasted time. There are times in our life when it feels like it's a big waste. God doesn't waste time and he doesn't waste people, friends. David ran for his life for 15 years. Daniel, 70 years in a foreign land. Now, friends, God loved these men immensely. Each one had profound assignments from heaven, and each one were immensely cared for and sheltered by the Most High God. So what am I saying? I'm saying God is sheltering you. If you're in rebellion, he's got you. And he's leading you into his perfect will and plan for his life. If you've given up on God ever using you, well, you can stop believing that lie because God has set you apart for himself and for his glory and he will accomplish his plan in your life. If you're a person of great integrity and your life seems to just be on hold, God's sheltering you. You will thrive. You will, and you do possess the peace of God that passes understanding. You are rising and shining with love and solutions for the world around you. This season, if it's 40 days or 40 years, I declare and decree, it will be a time of great opportunity for you, supernatural provision and great breakthrough for you and those close to you. So let's not waste it. Let's not 
Let's not just spend our time cleaning out our closets, guys. How about if we press into the deepest levels of intimacy we have ever experienced with Jesus? Hallelujah. And we need to be strong. Daniel 11.32. Think this second to last scripture, right? Such as, well, let's see, where does it go? The people that do know their God. That word know is intimate knowledge, experiential, personal knowledge. Those are the people that shall be strong and do exploits. Glory to God. So we're going to turn now to Psalm 27.5. We're, we're in the Passion Bible. And we're going to say this together as a declaration. So here goes. In his shelter... In the day of trouble, trouble, that's where you'll find me. me. For he hides me there there. in his holiness. holiness. He has smuggled me me. into his secret place place. where I'm kept safe and secure. secure. Out of reach from all my enemies. Triumphant now. Triumphant now. Ooh, let's repeat that one. Triumphant now. I'll bring my offerings of praise. Singing and shouting with ecstatic joy. Yes, listen. And you can hear the fanfare. Of my shouts of praise praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we bless you, we bless you, we praise you. You are the most high God. Stand with me, will you? Let's just bless the Lord a little bit. We praise you, Jesus. You are the most high God. You have lifted us high. High, Lord. Even as we wait upon you, you give us wings like eagles and you just cause us to mount up higher and higher and mount up stronger. And we're pressing in, Lord, for more, more of you, more of your breakthrough power, more of your overcoming grace. Lord, use us, fill us, enable us, empower us. And come and accomplish your great plan in us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I release courage to you in Jesus' name. And I release such a passion that it just gets injected in you and you never get over it. Hallelujah. A hope. A hope that will never let you go. A passion that will never let you go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Yep, I'd be glad to agree with anybody who wants some prayer. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., 
also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.